So, hello and welcome to, I said so again, sorry, um, welcome to Those Vicar Blokes. I'm Howell, the nerdy vicar. And I'm Dave Coaches. So, Dave, we've had Christmas. Do you have any fun things you did over Christmas? Fun? Yeah, not work oh, stuff, over the Christmas I, holidays. I vaguely remember fun. Oh. Um, now I can't remember doing any. I, I relaxed. Did you? I relaxed. I've eaten chocolate and I've relaxed. Just chilled, like? Yeah. Oh, um, but I have been working. I didn't have any time off really. Didn't you? I had quieter days, but I didn't. Oh right, yeah. I didn't really have any days. Oh, I had a few days off. I, I'm Boxing Day and the day after. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I was into a wedding and then into a funeral. Oh right, yeah. You had the keys of offices now. Yeah, it's annoying when people have weddings at Christmas. People need to realise it's not. They were a very nice couple, and I don't want to be saying anything negative about the fact they chose to have their wedding Christmas week. No, all right, fair enough. I've done a couple. That lovely, week. lovely couple. All right, that's very, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, what I do, I saw an amazing uh, film, The Boy and the Heron, which right. is the new um, Studio Ghibli film. You know Studio Ghibli? Yeah. You know, no. Now, you know My Neighbor Totoro? Yeah. You yeah. made me watch that before. Yeah, it's brilliant, yeah. Yeah, it's all right. Do, 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 do. Right, yeah. He's done about 20 films, he has, uh, Studio Ghibli. Right. And that's the new one that came out. It's all about this um, boy who gets, uh, um, whose mum dies, and he goes into another world guided by this heron to uh, come to terms with his mum's death. It's, it's really... Right. It's a Japanese um, anime. We used to have... Um... A heron that visited the street I used to live in when I lived in Stapleton. Ah, right. Used to to perch itself on the garage opposite our kitchen window. Oh, oh yeah. All oh, right. I didn't know that. Yeah, but it, it didn't really guide good. me anywhere though. Didn't it? Although to be honest, I never left the house while it was there. I didn't. Oh, I suppose. And if I did open the front door, it flew off. <laughs> I never followed it. <laughs> but the other one I've got is uh, I watched the end of Attack on Titan. Right. With my son on Crunchyroll, which is the anime channel. Uh, the first few seasons are on um, Netflix, but then you've got to get Crunchyroll to watch it. So that was amazing. So I really enjoyed that. It's been nice having the having him back for a bit and uh, went around with my sisters on Christmas Day, but I won't say too much about that because it got a bit messy. Right. Uh, my nephew got engaged, actually. I can oh, say that. my stepdaughter got engaged. Is it? Yeah. Oh, right. That was just before Christmas, but probably after I saw you last. Oh, right. So, yeah, that was nice. Are you doing the wedding? Um. I don't know. They haven't asked us something. They haven't said not yet. Not sure when it's going to be. It's highly likely oh. that I'll do the wedding, provided that any of our churches can present themselves well enough. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, well, I might, I might be doing that one. So that was quite nice. He, yeah. he's, uh, there's a there's a video I'll send you of uh, of him proposing, which is really funny because my other nephew didn't know that he was going to propose, right? And uh, halfway through, when he got the ring out, my other nephew went. What the and then said something naughty because yeah. he didn't know what was happening, so we got that on video. So that's quite funny. Um, but yeah, so what are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about tarot cards and mediums. Yeah, we're talking about um, epiphany. Yeah, and we're talking about EastEnders. EastEnders, doof, 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 and doof. And we don't doof, give doof, away doof. who dies at Christmas either. Well, I don't think you have EastEnders. Doesn't need spoilers because it's just so bad. Uh, but yeah, so all type for the new music. Yeah, because I've got rid of my old music now. We got boring music. I did have a complaint about the music. The fact the music was going. Yeah, only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of people agreed with me, and one person disagreed. <sighs> I, I need, so, need um, a new poll. And I, I try some new music now, which is a bit more kind of 
boring, okay? But we're going to finish with some really cool music. So, Dave, we've had a question now about um, tarot and mediums and what we think about them. So, yeah. do you want to? Do you know anything about tarot and mediums and stuff and things like that? I've never really looked into them. I've never, oh, yeah. I've never played with them. I've never, you know, done anything with them at all. Um, I do know that I've come across people that have um, had an overwhelming sense of their darkness. Well, tarot cards. Oh yeah, particularly, and thought that they were um, because they had them in their house. That was why bad things were happening to them. Oh, and interestingly, it stopped once they'd burnt them. Oh right, yeah. There's something to think about there. Now, full disclosure is um, I'm part of the deliverance team, which is part of the healing ministry of the two, of the church. So when we have those sorts of things happen, sometimes we get called in to, yeah. to deal with things I can't really say a lot about that but I do do different things from time to time with those sorts of issues but um, I suppose tarot cards is it's one of those weird things really I suppose because there's no kind of standard thing which is a tarot card do you know what I mean there's all sorts of different versions right okay you, you know, so you, is that not like just having different monopoly sets no, no, no. Or or a different deck of playing cards. You said you got that, the like the Doctor Who version of Monopoly, yeah. but it's still Monopoly. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with I mean? the Doctor Who version of Monopoly or the Star Wars Monopoly. You know, or yeah. like a different set of playing cards where essentially they're all the same, but some have got different pictures. Or no, no. They... I've even got some French playing cards that have different letters. I'm gonna. Say, I'm not gonna say what I just thought then about playing cards no. from abroad. No, no don't uh, think that. <laughs> I don't want to know what sort you've got. No, no, I've just got standard ones. Um, but basically, I, there, are, there is a traditional uh, set of tarot cards which have existed in sort of the West for hundreds of years. Yeah. But even with that, there's lots of variations of them, okay? And if you go down to Glastonbury um, or somewhere like that, there's lots of shops down there where they'll sell, you know, thousands of different versions from you know, cat tarot cards to kind of anything, really. Yeah. Um, and each set will have a little booklet with it where they'll explain how to use the different ones and stuff and things like that. You can even get Jesus tarot cards. So you can get, like, cards which are like, got different pictures of Jesus in and things like that. Right, okay. You know? So, yeah, you have to learn about all this stuff. So... So it's difficult to actually talk about in the sense of what it is, really, because it's difficult to define what it is. Does that yeah. make sense, really? Um, so there's that. So I suppose what you do when you do tarot reading and that is you have these different cards, you shuffle them in a certain way, and there's all sorts of ways that you're meant to do it. And then you sit next to somebody, and then they would ask questions about, you know, the future usually, uh, yeah. and then you turn over the card as they as they ask the questions, and then the card will give you the answer to what they're thinking about in the future. 
and each of the ones have different meanings depending on what you would do. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah? So that's what people do, and it's very popular. Loads of people do it. It's it's kind of massive, really. Yeah. So what's your concern about it, then? Why are you concerned about it, or do you just think it's a bit of fun? Or I think my concern... It's about how much store people put in the results. About how actually... Well, when you see... Oh, okay. So it's not going to be an accurate portrayal, but whenever you see anything tarot cards on the telly, <laughs> yeah. it, it's always taking the Michael, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, always, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. oh, every time you draw it, you're going to get a death card. Yeah. Oh, what does that mean then? Uh, let's move to the next one. And it's always like that. Yeah, with yeah, Tarot cards yeah, yeah, on yeah, the telly. Yeah. Um, my concern is the fact that um, people start to live their lives by what the tarot card reading says is going to happen as opposed to by what it should be like. So really then, it's... The... They self-fulfil the prophecy, in effect. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things like this, though, where, and the Bible's quite explicit about this, about soothsayers and things, Yeah, right? And where, if you're anxious about the future for whatever reason you would consult the soothsayer or whoever the person yeah. is, be it tarot or whatever, or, you know, you used to have runes, you have that. That's quite popular where people would throw runes and things and all sorts of different things. And the Bible's quite clear that that's a bad thing to do when you shouldn't do it. And why do you think it's so explicit that that's a bad thing to do, this sort of seeking the future through these sorts of mediums? Well, I'd like to say, because I'm obviously more charismatic than you are, mm-hmm. um, that that's because we should take our guidance from God and the Holy Spirit. Right. As in God in the form of the Holy Spirit. Um, and but, that it might not necessarily agree with what these cards are telling us. No. But do you think it's a bad... It's a bad thing for that, but do you think it's a dangerous and destructive thing? Or this? I think of... it has the potential to be. Yeah. Um but only on the basis that um, psychologically it can mess people up. Um, particularly if they do get that, and I know it's caricatured, but it it will still happen. Um, it's a caricature because it does happen that, that all of a sudden their life is darkness and no joy and no hope. Mm. And I think that's a really unhealthy way to live, both mentally and physically. Um, but mainly physically because of the mental effect of that. Um, I think what what it does, in a sense, is I think is it removes agency from the person. So what I mean by that is, is you become dependent on it, in a sense of like I have to make a decision, so I don't really want to make the decision. So what I'll do is I'll I'll go to this soothsayer, where they'll do a reading for. Well, that's me. like those magic. Eight ball things, isn't it? Yeah, that's you know, it. The, yeah, the little things when you make as a kid, where you have the little fortune tellers. Yeah. yeah, well, it's a deeply human thing. Is is doesn't matter what culture you go to, each culture will have a group of people who set themselves up as um, people who can tell the future. That's that's just part of being human, and I think if we're overly reliant on uh, people who can tell the future in that way then it's actually a kind of prison we put ourselves in. Because I don't think there is a destiny like that. Do you see what I mean? This idea that there's a destiny out there 
that that we have to that we fulfill we've got agency we've got free will we don't have to do that yeah it's the future's not set there's no fate except for what we make you know where that's from no terminator oh, right. yeah no fate for except for what we make yeah terminator and i think that's the thing is uh terminator 2 yeah you need to get better culture, mate. You know, I, I, I've many. seen it, but you're really good at remembering the reference from everything from everywhere, right? and I'm not. Well, it's it's kind of like a big thing with it, you know. So, um, but uh, it, but I think that's my problem with it. Really, is that it can imprison people, where they'd be like, "Oh, shall I go out with this person?" And the more you ask those questions, the more you dependent you get on the soothsayer. Yeah. So you become sort of like, oh, I don't know what to do. Oh, I'll go and do the tarot reading. Oh, I don't know what to do. I'll go and do this. I'll go and do the rune thing. I don't know what to do, so I'll go and do that. Because that'll tell me what the future is. And I think that kind of takes away our responsibility as humans. But also as well, I think it sort of gives too much power to the person doing the reading. Yeah. It, they, they've got quite a lot of power over us then because they control the future. Well, they do because they're the only ones that can can interpret the cards, or the runes, or whatever. Yeah, but they that's are. a bit like in, um, I forget which letter it is, where we're told not to speak in tongues unless there's somebody present who can interpret interpret the tongues. One Corinthians twelve, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was Corinthians, yeah. but I didn't want to commit to it in case I was wrong. Yeah, it's one Corinthians twelve. Because yeah. it's just before it, it, tongues will come to an end, isn't it? Which we get in thirteen. That's it. Um you know well, we're being warned as Christians in that by Paul mm. not to be those people that are doing those things that are that are against God in effect. But this the thing is that this sort of thinking can infect the church as well, can't it? Yeah. Through well, the... that's what Paul's saying. In yeah, yeah, that's well, right. Isn't it? This is what you've done. You've moved this that was happening into your Christianity. Mm. Bin it off. Yeah. Bin it off. And it is a strange sort of situation sometimes where some of the things which go on in uh, this sort of soothsaying world of kind of... Um, mind spirit body whatever it is can kind of find their way into christianity through things like that where people will say things like oh um i'll pray with you and it it's a corruption of christianity where they say oh you know i'm the person who can give you direction in your life and i can tell you what to do because god has told me this is what you need to do in your life and i think that's really wrong yeah so I think we as priests, sometimes people look to us to be soothsayers, don't they? To tell them what to do, to interpret the signs of the times for them. Yeah, but... so. But we 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 should resist that, shouldn't we? Well, we should resist that, but then at the same time, we're called to walk alongside people in the toughest parts of their life. What we mistakenly do is we think that walking alongside them means that we need to be giving them all the answers to all of their problems. Um, so there's yeah. a fine line between what you do. Because mm. well, there just is. There just is. And sometimes we need to point people in the right direction. And other times we just need to keep our mouths shut and keep walking. 
but we've got to we've got to rely on wisdom like that which i think when you go to a tarot thing and things like that the whole point of it is to um the whole point of it is to to give you the answers it's the same with mediums and stuff the idea is to give you the answers rather than what yeah, but you're mediums are a bit different than that though aren't they because mediums are generally trying to be a connection between the living world and the dead world. Yeah, yeah. But it's the same sort of thing. Well, not that I believe in a dead world as such. Um, th this kingdom and the next would mm. be more my preferred terminology. Yeah. I think, have you ever come across, it doesn't seem to be very popular, don't you, in this medium business? I think it used like, to be. Because I know plenty of people a few years older than myself who have all been to them. But it's not something I've ever experienced. But then I've been a lifelong person of faith who wouldn't put much store in it. So No. Um, I mean, I used to go to watch the wrestling at the Colston Hall for a laugh. And I could understand <laughs> going to a medium because it would be a bit of a laugh. Um, I, uh, but, you know, does anybody know anybody who died who's called Frank? Yeah, everybody, funnily enough. Yeah. Maybe it was your brother. Oh, that's probably about 10% of the room. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a bit like but, but it's 2%. A, you know, you remember Psychic Sally? Do you remember her? Yeah. Well, she used to be on the telly, didn't she? Yeah. Right. And there were some people in my wife's work that went to these psychic suppers and stuff, right? And I mean, they asked my missus to go. She didn't go. And you're watching this Psychic Sally, right? Because they told her about it on the telly. Yeah. And I always remember I was watching it and um, this, these two women stood up, right? Yeah. And were talking about their departed person that, yeah. that happened and all that and uh, I turned around to my missus and I said oh I said that's mother and daughter and um, the dad died of an heart attack in front of the daughter and she's really upset and my missus went how do you know that I said just wait now and then she, they come around like that and she went wow how do you do that and then I did them all and this other person stood up and said oh yeah there's something I said yeah his uh, son died in a motorcycle accident and they were, how do you know that? And I was like, yeah, you just do. And the reason I could do it is because I'd done so many funeral funeral visits yeah. that you can pick up clues from people, like what it was with the mother and daughter. They were obviously mother and daughter because they looked the same and they were yeah. 20 years different, right? And as she was talking the daughter, she touched her arm. And that's what people do when they have an heart attack. And she was So you can guess... So I bet you, you've done enough funerals now, is it if you watch Psychic Sally, you could do the same thing? Because it's just psychology. Do you know what I mean? Because, and you don't do it in a funeral visit for nasty. You do it because you, you're thrown into a visit. You no, don't but know. I do things in funeral visits. You pick up on clues. You do pick up but on you, clues, But I yeah. don't think that I overly process them. No, you do um, it naturally, then, don't you? And then normally, towards the end of the visit, I'll ask them what Bible reading they... As they thought about, yeah, yeah. We'll go through the hymns. They'll also they want all yeah, things bright and beautiful, yeah, yeah. and you know, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah moving on, yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> and, and then I'll come back to the reading, and and they'll say, oh, I don't know, we haven't given any thought about that. And then I'll normally pick one and say, well, what about this? Yeah, one? what about? Um, and I don't pick the same one. Sometimes I pick ones, and I think, oh, why did I lead them to that one? Now I've got to write a new sermon. <laughs> um, but 
you get the sense from talking to them yeah. about what it is about their faith and the faith of the person who, who's passed away that, that enables you to d- direct them to the, to the Bible reading that fits out of the dozen that are in the book. You know, I don't normally stray beyond that. No. Every now and again I do. Do you? Um, Sometimes yeah, do, yeah. But not very often. But the thing is, what we're doing is what all counsellors do and all the cops do it as well. They can tell when someone's lying, can't they? Yeah. And things like that. Is that your our ability to pick up non-verbal cues, because a lot of our communication is non-verbal, and that's how Psychic Sally does it, basically. Yeah. Is And I think I did go once to, um, what's his name, Derek Akora. He came to our town that I was living in at the time to do a show. And I said I wouldn't pay for a ticket because I didn't agree with him. So I was given an usher's seat. Right. Because I knew the bloke who ran the, the place I went to. Right. I used to work there for a bit. And I was doing it for research because I wrote a paper on this once. Um, and I found it really hard, especially because I was a priest in the town. And I knew a lot of the people who'd gone there because I'd done their funerals. Yeah. And... I found it really hard to not stand up, run over there, tackle him, and punch him in the face. Because what he was doing was so unethical and disgusting that it was just beyond awful. Because he, his opening salvo was, do I know anyone called John? Yeah. Right? And I said, well, my grandfather was called Guelville, but he never turns up in psychic meetings, to be fair. But the way he was talking to people, I knew who they'd lost, right? Yeah? Yeah. Right? you just got that with Guelville, haven't you? Yeah, he just, never comes up in sight. It's always no, John, isn't it? Never yeah. did. I was, it's always it was John. through my mind of which part of Wales do you need to go to for that to what, be Guelville? your opening West gambit. Wales, yeah. Guelville's my grandfather. Because there's going to be one, isn't there? Yeah, it's my grandfather. But he wouldn't go. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be around here and I do you know Guelville? Do you, do, no. do you know John? But what really upset me was that I was there and I knew the a lot of the people, because I'd done their funerals, and they were like saying, oh, I've got this person now and that they're safe and they've got this flower garden in the the place after and this is what... And it was all this stuff. And all it was doing was stopping them moving on from their bereavement. Every Everything that we're taught about bereavement care, he went completely against. And he even got really nasty with people when they were saying, oh, no, that's not true. He was like, yeah, it is, yeah, it is. And I thought he was so abusive. An abuse of power, I thought. That's why I was so cross and how much it hurt people. And I was really glad I went in the end because, like, when I met up with some of the people later on, you know, I was able to say, oh, actually, you know, I went there and, you know, this is what happened. And, you know, and I I was there and, and you shouldn't believe what he said because it's rubbish. And then they feel silly then for believing it. But yeah. If you're bereaved, do you know what I mean? You get drawn into things, don't you? Yeah. So I think from a pastoral point of view, I think tarot and that is a disaster. We'll finish with thinking about, do you think they've got any supernatural power then, Dave? You did say at the beginning about the the darkness and stuff. I don't believe so. But I'm open to the fact that I might be wrong. I think, as we've said before, anything that has an element of darkness to it normally starts from a place of light. Um, And I think that most of this stuff starts from a place of trying to 
help people and well, I think it does. It's wrong. I don't think it does. I think a lot of a lot of people are in it just to make some money. I don't think many. If it, it was, if I don't think so, not with the ones I've come across. I think, you know, yeah, I, but I I get cross with it because I have to pick up the pieces when it goes wrong. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I think that's, that's the, the thing. thing. So as a deliverance minister, I've got to pick up the pieces when these things go wrong. Yeah. Whereas and they I, go very wrong. Whereas, whereas <laughs> very, I'm in, I'm wrong. in the fortunate position where I'm not a deliverance minister. So therefore, if I see any of this, I can just pass it on really. Pass quickly. it on to me, yeah, yeah. I think I've seen people get themselves or 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 be really what we call oppressed by it. Yeah, where it it does completely take over their lives, like a drug addiction, really. Yeah, um, that's the psychological thing. I think. From a spiritual perspective, I think the best way to think about it really is that if we go somewhere which is good, like a church, for example, and good things have happened there, it can feel good. And that good feeling can then change how we behave in that place and people behave better in a good place. Do you you see what I mean? A place can become a thin place where goodness is easier to come through. Yeah, and the 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 stuff like you said about the cards at the beginning, something physical can uh, be become holy. So we think about the chalices in church or like um, candles from church and things like that. They can become holy, can't they? They become a holy thing. Yeah, right, because they're surrounded by goodness for a long time, and I think that the same thing happens with in reverse. So like. Tarot cards in themselves as a card isn't a dang, isn't isn't themselves bad, but if that thing has been involved in something bad, it can become bad, and can attract bad things. Yeah, if that makes sense. And I think that what how evil works is, uh, it can't force its way into our lives, but we can invite it in. The same as goodness. God is trying to come into our life like a Christmas. God wants yeah. to be born into our life, but we have to say yes, we've got to invite yeah. him in, yeah? Yeah. Like a vampire, you know, he's not allowed in your house unless you invite them in, yeah? Right, yeah. All right, yeah. Um and I think it's the same for evil, is that if we invite it in, be that I just in- remembered that dreadful programme you made me watch with the vampire people. Oh, that was brilliant, that was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but where you can invite them in um, because they're wearing a good disguise. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. Is you invite it in because you, not because you want to do evil or you want power or things like that, is you invite it in because you think it's going to be helpful, you think it's a good thing to do. Yeah. A lot of, most evil is done for good reasons. And I think it's the same for that. Like we can invite bitterness and resentment into our lives, can't we? Yeah. And it's the same with the tarots and with the uh, the seances and all of this stuff. You're inviting something dangerous into your life, I think. Well, I, I've seen the bad um, consequences of it. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And sometimes it does work, which is really quite scary. I know we've said most of it's BS, you know. Like yeah, you can do it, but, uh, but self-fulfilling prophecies then. Because you live your life expecting something to happen and therefore 
almost making it happen by... Um, I think as a scientist, I'm very, very sceptical of this stuff, which is part of the reason why I, do, I, I got an, ended up on the team. You've got to be very, very sceptical, yeah. right? Because otherwise you find the devil behind every door, don't know. Yeah, and absolutely, it, yeah. But I think um, occasionally there's a darkness which we don't understand, which needs to be avoided. That's yeah. what I'd say. So uh, I hope that's answered it a bit. It's a very broad question, but we've had a go. But I would say my recommendation is stay away from all that stuff because <laughs> it's bad news. Yeah, yeah, I think I would definitely agree with that. So thanks for listening to those Vicar Blokes. Don't forget to subscribe uh, if you're not already subscribed either on um, Substack or anything you're listening to, Google Podcasts, whatever. Uh, please don't do, uh, please subscribe. Right, so tomorrow's Epiphany, isn't it? It is. So that's, uh, what, the 6th of January, but we're celebrating it on Sunday. Are you celebrating it on Sunday? Yeah. There you go. So it's uh, Epiphany. So what's Epiphany, Dave? It's when you take your Christmas decorations down. Yeah, have you noticed? I've still got mine up. I know. So, Are you leaving them up till candle mass? Uh, no. No? No. Miserable. No, oh, no, that's because... I'm miserable uh, you. That's, well, yeah. my, that's my task in life, is to get people to um, leave their Christmas decorations up All until candle mass, yeah. which is 2nd of February, but we'll obviously be observing it on the 28th of... Four, January, because that's the Sunday. It's 40 days after Easter. Uh, 40 days after Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. So epiphany means, uh, the word means revelation, basically, doesn't it? So you have an epiphany, so something is revealed yeah. to be shown. So the epiphany season starts with the arrival of the three kings. We well, the three kings, kings of Orient, Orient are, that one. Then you have the baptism of Christ. Yep. Then you have the call of the first disciples. So all the stories that, on Sundays between now and February, are about Christ revealing himself to the world. Yeah. Isn't it? That's what it's about. Um, so if we just deal with the, the three Magi, or Magi, how many of them there were, do you want to say something about the Magi and the visitation of them? Well, it, interestingly, we, we call them kings, but they probably weren't kings. Um, they are most likely, in something I was reading uh, in the run-up to Christmas, um, the brightest and the best from the best educational establishments of the time, bearing in mind it's pre-universities. Mm. So it, if it was a modern day thing, it would be people from um, Oxford, Cambridge and St. Andrews, possibly. Yeah. Going off on yeah. a journey together as a joint exercise. Yeah. Because something so significant in the world was happening. It's a research expedition. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's... It, it, who would be the brightest in each university? I don't know. Bit too political that. I don't want to go down that line. Well, I don't know. It's a bit. It depends on. It's not. But it would be. We think it's around about in Persia, isn't it? So there was. Yeah. There were many centres of learning there. Yeah, absolutely. So you know. So pre-university universities, in effect. Oh yeah. And and that, and that's the people that went. So they were the the wisest that could be found in society. And they did understand quite a lot about the stars and the movement of the galaxy. They did, yeah. They did. Yeah. They used to look at it through a little pool, didn't they? Yeah. And all of that. So you'd have like a pool they would see the stars in and what have you. So they were yeah. quite um, 
astronomically, they were quite well educated. Yeah, do you see what I mean? Um, but uh, but to read something of significance into those events as well. Oh yeah. Um, and they were people of another faith, weren't they? They were Zoroastrians. Yeah. Do you know about the Zoroastrians? No. Zoroastrians. There's still there, a few. There was them. a little bit in the book that the thing that I was reading, but I skipped over that. Oh, because it wasn't used to my useful to my sermon at the time. All oh, right, okay. Zoroastrians, great. Um, I went to a Zoroastrian temple once in India, because most of them live in India now. But they used to be the main before Islam. It was the major faith of the oh, right. Persian Empire, so it's pre-Christian, right? Um, and it's a kind of dualistic faith where you have a good god and a bad god. So you've heard of um, the genie, you know, the Aladdin and that. The Aladdin, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you had the jinn, who are the bad gods or the bad god, and then you had the god which was the good god. Right. So you were kind of dualistic. The Zoroastrians. They're still around today. There's some in India. It's quite. A, there's a few in Britain, that sort of thing. But it's one of the smaller world faiths, yeah. you know. And uh, so they were of a different faith, and the faith of Israel's enemy. Right. So a lot of um, thinking, Christian thinking, or Jewish but thinking. But Israel's from... enemy is anybody of any other faith. No, not particularly. They're from Babylon. Yeah. So that's an ancient enemy, but, isn't it? Israel, yeah, but Israel at Jesus' time had lots of ancient enemies by that point. Well, the Assyrians, the, the Babylonians, the Egyptians, Egyptians. yeah, quite yeah. a lot, you know. But people from the east were seen as evil, weren't they? It's yeah. like the Welsh, you know, people from the east of Wales are evil and dangerous. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Right. But our whole culture is based on the danger of people from the east. Yeah. Because they're much more powerful than us and they're going to come and colonise us and kill us. And Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So the whole of Israel's culture is built on the idea that is this sandwich between the Egyptians in the south and the um, the Babylonians or the people from the east, whoever they were, yeah. that would come in and kill them. And they destroyed the temple, didn't they, the Babylonians? So the, the, the Magi are from... Israel's great enemies. Yeah, but that's what makes the story not make complete sense. All right, so we'll say a bit more about that. Well, because they go to Herod. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't go there, would they? Because they'd likely be killed themselves. Or well, Herod's not, but yeah, well, uh, no cultural enemies. They're not current enemies, are they? They're cultural enemies. Well, well they are, yeah, but. But they still wouldn't go there, would they? Well, Herod's kind of Jewish a bit, though, isn't he? He's um, he's not part of... He's not an orthodox Which is why Jew. he meets them in secret. Yeah. Because, actually, he's... He's not really Jewish, is he? No. But that's why nobody liked him, because he was kind of like Absolutely. a... Absolutely. Yeah, he's a kind of fake... Even though he was king of Israel, he wasn't. But there was, an, there was a cultural expectation that he would do certain actions um and actually um getting rid of these foreigners from the east would have been under that cultural expectation surely yeah but he wanted to know who they were didn't he and well he, there became a bigger yeah goal out of it yeah um but they wouldn't have known that at the time no but it does i think it does but then maybe we're missing bits of the story there a little bit yeah but i think the point is is they were looking for the king of the jews right that was born and Herod is the king of the Jews, so they just thought he had a son. Yeah, but they were really bright people. Well, 
Yeah, but why would you think that a Jesus would be born in a in in Bethlehem? Uh, Unless you knew the Jewish scriptures, which they obviously didn't. Which the people, which Herod's advisors did researched and found, found. and did, yeah, yeah. So they were just so that, doing the obvious thing. If you were looking for the king, you'd go to the palace, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's very true. Because you'd seen his star rising in the east. All they knew is that the would, King David you... star had risen in the east. That's all they knew. And they'd followed it to... I don't suppose they had a very accurate description of the line and the current kingship. of No. They just knew that something significant had happened because this astronomical event had happened and they, they were trying to find out what this astronomical event was. Yeah. So they, they, they went on this journey because they didn't know what was going on, did they? Didn't have a clue, really. And they were of a different faith. Yeah. So what do you think that tells us about our interaction with people from other faiths who are different to us? Well, I think we need to start from a place of of respect, and we too often don't. We judge others before given any opportunity. Yeah. There's also that element, of course, that that Herod was was culturally Jewish, but wasn't Jewish, a, Jewish, a Jewish, Jewish. Yeah. Um, and, and that that to the vast majority of people of most faiths, there's truth in that. I mean, yeah, it is. But also as well, if you think about it, is God is talking to and, and, and instructing people from Israel's enemies to come and be part of the gospel story through this, through the, um, the, the, the science of yeah. the, the time. And he communicated with them differently to the way that he communicated with the shepherds. Yeah, because he's talking to them through natural science, what they understood as natural science, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And he inspired them to go on this journey, even though they're not Jewish, they're not of the same faith. And and they had the gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh, right? Yeah. So he, he'd obviously inspired them to have those gifts, which then tie in with the Jesus story. Yeah. So what that tells me is that God speaks to people throughout the world regardless of their faith god is trying to embrace all people even israel's yeah. enemies and it's in matthew's gospel yeah yeah it's, it was all the way through isn't it yeah it's all the way through um with with jesus having interactions with people that that um culturally he should have nothing to do with. Yeah, like the centurion and and the people with faith are the people that you don't expect. So, like, is the centurion who uh, Jesus heals his servant? Why would a, and he says, would I find in all of Israel, would I find someone of of as much faith as this person? So yeah. the people with faith, the people who follow Jesus, aren't the people you expect. Which is what annoyed the Pharisees. Yeah. So he didn't go and talk to the Pharisees to go and worship him, did he? He talked to these magi who were priests well, of another religion. Well, they didn't want to talk to him, did they, the Pharisees? No, no, not God, really, I mean, because... not, not Jesus. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it God is talking to these magi from yeah. 
Israel's enemies of a different faith to come and bring these gifts to worship Jesus. Like, that's a radical... Yeah, but God had been trying to talk to those Pharisees for a long time. But they, don't but take they were notice. choosing not to listen. Yeah. But don't you think God spoke to the Magi in particular to emphasise that point to show that the message of Christmas is for everybody, not just for yeah, Jews? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But that's a massive... That's a massively radical step to take, isn't it? Yeah. And I think we can learn from that. When we, how we listen to people who are different to us, we should listen to them more because God might be speaking through them, even though they're different to us. Yeah. Because if God can speak through the Magi, then God can speak through other people. So we should listen. Yeah. You know, which is like we just finished Ruth, don't we? Uh, in morning prayer, the book of Ruth. Yeah. Which is all about welcoming in. A chapter a day, isn't it? It's quite it's, heavy. I quite like that. I love the book of Ruth. Yeah, it's I mean, good. It's yeah, good. It's but, all about... but it's heavy. Well, in the yeah. sense of, you know. Yeah, it's a lot to read. When you've yeah. got okay, yeah. 20, 20 minutes from morning prayer and, and you're looking at the long like... readings, you know, end up not really having time to think about it. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. But that's all about welcoming foreigners and um, uh, people being part of. Because Ruth's a Moabite and she's uh, King David's gran, isn't she? Yeah. So that's the thing. So it's not this idea of a pure Israel. Uh, but it does also, uh, what I really liked about Ruth and my reflection on whatever day Ruth 1 was. was that Tuesday, Tuesday. Tuesday, it was yeah, Tuesday, yeah, yeah. wasn't it? Um, was the fact that it's, it's challenging to the norm. Yeah. It, it shows that that you don't always have to just fall in line with what always happens. That sometimes there can be a more compassionate way to deal with things, and just because the world doesn't doesn't mean you can't. But that's the same with the wise. But then that makes me a bit woke, doesn't it? Not really. They're not compassionate. Um, woke is definitely not compassionate. But that's a different issue. Um, but I think, well, in a sense, though, this idea of inclusion, right, with Ruth and with the the Magi. Is that's radical inclusion, isn't it? Yeah. That's what we're talking about here, is God revealing himself to all people. Yeah. So there are no... We are all made in the image of God. It is book one, chapter one. And he made man in his own image. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing all the time. Well, today we do put up these ideas that people are fundamentally different because they're from different cultures or different, and I don't think that I think I don't think that's I don't think that's true. No. Is God can speak through everybody. We just got to listen. And yeah. sometimes, this is the story of the Magi, is and as religious leaders in a sense, is God speaks to the Magi, not the religious leaders. Yeah, well, that's a bit annoying, isn't it? That's a, a touch annoying that. Yeah, but that's not but that's not what people understand as Christianity, is it? This part of the Magi story isn't well known, is it? No, I don't think so. No, um, but that's but that's the whole point but, of but it, we, though, isn't it? But we've but <laughs> we've hijacked it though, haven't we? 
Because what we've done is we've moved the three kings into the part of the Christmas story. Yeah. And we've got it all done and dusted before St. Stephen's Day starts. That's true. And we even call that Boxing Day. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So let's talk about the gifts. We see what they are, why they're important. Gold. Frankincense. What's frankincense, Dave? It's it's the smelly stuff. It's that stuff you bought Elaine for for Christmas, isn't it? The nice smelly stuff. No, I bought her um, um, Emporio Armani's She. Was that perfume? It's perfume. I thought you were a perfume bloke. I thought, yeah. Here we go. I bought her a nice jumper as well. Anyway. All right, okay. But it's perfume, isn't it? Yeah? Yeah. It's incense, basically, like you have in certain churches. Yeah. Yeah? So it's just, it it shows holiness, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. Why do you think a perfume shows holiness? Are we clear with that? Why do we use smellies in church to show holiness? We we use smellies in church because um, it masks the other awful smells that would be present in church. Otherwise, off the vicar, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Dave, I've not had a shower. We have to get get our incense on him quick. Um, That's true, actually. That's one thing. Yeah, um, it's symbolic of 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 the prayers of the people. Rising, rising up. Rising up, yeah. Um, so why do you think all cultures use smells in worship? Or most cultures? I don't the exception, I've really thought about why. The exceptions, why Protestants, be. they don't. I, I think because um, experiencing God is a multi-sensory experience. Yeah. Um, and therefore it... it, it um, what's the word I'm looking for? It embodies the experience. Yeah, uh, there's something about being able to smell it and taste it at the same time as as using your other senses to experience it. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Well, I'd say the issue, the reason that we do that, actually, is neurochemical as well, is that smells act at the centre of our brain, so they act at the most primal part of our brain. So that's why when you smell things, you can remember things yeah. more intimately. So it's actually a really potent way of expression because it acts at, at that part of our yeah. brain rather than through sight and sound. So I think there's there's that. So that's why you had frankincense. Gold is freeze king. Gold yeah. a king. Do, 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 that one, yeah. Boss myrrh. It's embalming fluid. Embalming fluid, yeah. Yeah. To show that he will die as a sacrifice. Yeah. Well, it's not really embalming fluid, but it, well, it's, it, it is and it isn't. Isn't it? it's, yeah. the, it's the perfume you used on dead bodies to stop them smelling. Yeah. So a bit like a preservative in lots of ways. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so what we have there in the epiphany is it, it's showing who Jesus is, that he's a king, he's God, and he's a sacrifice. King and God and sacrifice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So he's king, God, and sacrifice, but he's. God has instructed or asked people from the Zoroastrian faith, from a culture which is the historical enemy of Israel, to come all that way yeah. to give these gifts to show who Jesus is. Yeah. And that's in Matthew's Gospel, which is written for Jews. Yeah. Now that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it because it's the revelation. Yeah, but that's revolutionary because every other faith, even today, 
Christianity and um, secularism and Islam are the only faiths today whereby they are not local. So what I mean by that is is that Shinto is a Japanese faith for Japanese yeah. people, right? Do you yeah. see what I mean? Jew, Judaism is the Jewish faith for the Jewish people, right? Yeah. It's only, you know, the secularism kind of comes from Christianity, but it's only really secularism, Christianity, and Judaism, which is for ev- we believe is universal for everybody. So it's a really revolutionary idea. Does Judaism fit that box? Yeah, it's, you have to, it, it, it's, is it not the fact that they're displaced people historically? Maybe, but I think it's 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 up and I think Ju, Judaism is is for the Jewish people, isn't it? You can become a Jew, yeah. But they don't have that. It, well, you, you, the, the revelation you, of God for you Jewish could people is anything, for the Jews. You know, you you could start to follow. Um, Shintoism in this country, you could do, nothing yeah. stops you, but yeah. you can be. But but what I mean in the sense is that Judaism comes from the region um, that now makes up Palestine and Israel, hmm. um, stemmed out of the twelve tribes, and and it and its growth is from those people from those tribes moving out to the ends of the world. Um, but not necessarily with the. Uh, but Jews don't evangelize. That's the, why no, I mean. yeah. with, the, with the discipleship mantra of Christianity. Yeah, but Jews don't evangelize. That's what I mean. No. So, like Islam, Christianity, secularism, they evangelize. They believe yeah. in this universal message for all people. All oh, right, okay. right, yeah. So yeah, so which Judaism makes us, doesn't fit that box. No, no, no. Do you see what I mean? Fits so the they, box for being a, a, a placed religion. Yeah, yeah. Except that place is gone because. The Romans destroyed the Second Temple and they got dispersed. Well, yeah, everybody's had a pop at it, haven't they? Yeah, really? let's but, be honest. Know. But so I think that's the thing. But I think that's the. This is where this idea of a faith being universal comes from. This this story of the the Magi, that God doesn't just speak to Israel; He speaks to other faiths as well. It is in Judaism as well, but it isn't as emphasised like with the Moabite, yeah. with the Moabite story. And I think that idea that there's a, a morality and a faith for everyone is a, a radically Christian idea. And yeah. that's why secularists have it too. So the it's where things like human rights come from. Think about it. The reason we have human rights, so we have universal rights for all humans, right, yeah. comes from... The idea that all men are created in the image of God, all people are created in the image of God, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that message is universal for all people, which is what the Magi show, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what we did in 1948 is that we secularized it by taking God out of it and said, look, we've got universal human rights. But if you talk to a Hindu 300 years ago and said there's universal human rights, they'd be like, what? No. Because that's not their culture. That's not where they're from. That's not what no. they... Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So the idea of universe of a God who's for everybody and from that morality, which is from ev- for everybody and rights for everybody, comes from this story. Right, okay. Which you won't learn in school. 
because we we we're taught that everybody just believes pretty much what Christians believe and what Western people believe, but that just proves that they've never been anywhere or talked to anyone who's from a different faith, yeah, or a different place. So I hope, I hope that's helpful with uh, Epiphany. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, in a bit we'll be talking about EastEnders. Oh. <laughs> listening to those vicar blokes don't forget to hit subscribe tell your friends share us about and please do remember that uh, we try to read all of your comments that you leave on substack and respond to them so we encourage ongoing uh, dialogue with you sorry dave eastenders i thought it was it was really strange. It was the strangest TV watch I've had for a very long time. Which bits did you have a problem with? I just thought it was... I like, put For context, right? I haven't watched EastEnders since about 2002. Right. But I think I hadn't watched it. I saw one Christmas special um, when Archie got pushed down the stairs. I don't even know who he is. Right, okay. You do... Is his name Alfie. 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 Oh, I know Alfie. Yeah, Alfie. I know Alfie. Yeah. Alfie got pushed down the stairs. I know Alfie. Sorry, I forgot yeah. his name then. He yeah. got pushed down the stairs. That was the last one I watched. He even married a cat when he, he was, came yeah. in and went, oh, yeah. stop the wedding. Yeah, that was it, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. But, so I hadn't watched it for quite a while. Um, but I thought it'd be fun to watch it. Oh, it was a request, wasn't it? Yeah. No, it was my request. I was thought it? it'd be fun. Oh, it was you. No, we got out. Yeah. No, I thought it was a viewer. No, or a no, listener. no. No. Oh, it was you? Yeah. Oh, right. I have to get you back for that. I'm going to find well, you. I, I, Attack I thought, on Titan. That's what we're watching. An interesting, just an interesting window. So it was, oh, we might broaden our appeal. It's awful. Um, but it was, it was really weird, wasn't it? It, it was. It was really weird because it was exa- like Sharon got married, right? For the fifth time, apparently. I Googled it. Right. Well, she didn't get married. The wedding didn't Yeah, happen. he did not. No. But she got married at Christmas Day, right? For the fifth time in a church, so I can't actually see that happening very easily. I think you need bishop's consent, don't you? After the third, yeah, after the second, yeah. But then there's Phil, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. He stopped the wedding, he, Phil. Yeah. Because the groom's sister told him that... It was something... I couldn't keep up with that. he kidnapped his own kid? Something like I that, don't know. yeah. But then it turned out not to be his kid, because it's Phil's kid. That's it, it's Phil's kid, Because every yeah. child in Walford is Phil's kid. Yeah, he's just like, um, he's like, have you seen the film Idiocracy? He's like, like a super spreader. Yeah, he is. He's like, he's like the guy at the beginning of Idiocracy, where he has loads and loads, loads of kids. That, no. You should watch that, it's funny. But it's like... Um, 42 kids and counting, Phil Mitchell. Yeah, oh, he's got more than Boris Johnson, haven't he? he has, so yeah. It's just like, so there, there we are, that's... Uh, but... I, I just thought it was just really strange because I haven't watched it for 20-odd years, right? And it's the same programme with the same stories. Yeah, with the same people. And considering so many of them yeah. have been killed off, I mean, I do people who watch EastEnders not believe in the resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure the Caffs? Are you sure Caffs has been, been she killed? Was, she was killed yeah. um, she living in Portugal in a road crash. Right. Um, do you Google and so No, no, I, I remember this. This oh, was right. a long time okay. ago. Um, and so, so that's, that's why Ben came to live with Ian. He's Phil Mitchell's kid anyway, isn't he? Ben. I think he was a baby, I think, when I watched it. Yeah, yeah, probably was. Maybe. But he's not now. He's still in it. He's right. in it. But Phil uh, used to be mad to calf, didn't he? 
Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, so, so she did a runner away from him, went to Portugal or Spain. Yeah. I think it was Portugal. Um, anyway, she got killed in a road crash, but then apparently she came back a few years ago now. Oh. She's been back in it for a while. And then is Ian Beale still in it? Ian Beale's still in it. I he fell married. over when I seen He's him. He's been married five times. Five times. Now, Cindy's obviously back, who was also dead. Um, was she dead? Now she was alive. She was, she was in it right at the beginning, wasn't she? Well, I'm sure she was meant to be dead at some point. But she was the person who went out with Ian Beale, but she was always cheating on him because she yeah, was better yeah. looking than him because Ian yeah. Beale's got money, but he's not very good looking. Yeah, well, I watched the ones up to New Year. Well, the Christmas one is that as well, isn't it? Because yeah, so in between, she's been married to the guy who's now with the woman in the Vic who um, he's the, got two kids with. The bloke with the fridge, the guy who was by the fridge. I don't know. He's like a bloke. He was he was in the Vic anyway. He was getting ready for the reception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the she guy, was trying yeah. to sneak off with him when she. Yeah, yeah. Well, she used to be married to him in between. But why would you trust Cindy? But she's always had affairs forever, hasn't she? Well, she's changed. Has she? No. But it's just so well, weird. Why would you marry Sharon Watts? Because like oh, you, you're know. a fifth husband. I, I don't know. Why would you want to sleep with Phil Mitchell? Because he slept with every woman in the area. Why would you want to sleep with Phil Mitchell anyway? Anyway, as I predicted beforehand, um, somebody got killed at Christmas. Yeah, they did. Well, yeah, 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 they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I feel like Psychic Sally. But it's just the, my problem with EastEnders, right? And this is probably why nobody watches it now. This is only like a few million people watch it. It used to be like 19 million they've got people more watching watch, it. They've got more watchers than we have listeners. Well, that's true, yeah. But we don't have, we're not on BBC One four times a week or however long it's on. No, before, that's right? true. Yeah. But I've got to be honest, is, this is why I said the news is like EastEnders, right? Is it's really weird when I watch the news now, which I do very occasionally. It is like when I was watching EastEnders, it's the same story with the same characters as it was since I watched it last. Yeah. But they're doing slightly different things and they keep on bringing people back, like David Cameron and what have you and all that. It's basically, it's a soap opera. It is exactly the same as EastEnders. Yeah. It is, isn't it? It was just, it, the it was news, just so funny with our conversation the other week. What, on I, that, with like, David Cameron bringing people back, back, you know, yeah. And then when I watch EastEnders for the first time in a long time, there's all these people that were previous gone and now they're back. Exactly. It's exact. I think, really, is the scariest thing with it, really, is that what we have with EastEnders is the writers don't know. It's been going so long, they don't know what to do. So they just seem to kind of create the same stories over and over again in this kind of regurgitation machine. Yeah. Right. A bit like the superhero films and stuff like that. Yeah, and every Everything now and again, going... they'll, but they'll break new ground every now and again. Won't Do they? they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, you'll get. Um, but it's it's old ground now, but it was new ground at the time. You know, like you'll get um, homosexual relationships. Well, what get, is nineteen eighty five? You'll get multi race relationships, and there's something in there about trying to build people's tolerance for it, and it's what the extreme right really get funny about because there's no white people left on the telly anymore and there's no straight people left on the telly anymore. Um, whereas in reality, there's a few people in 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 some programmes that are meant to be pioneers of it all. But Have you seen... Yeah, but that was in 1985, really. that was, when they had that bloke... Who yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like an MP or I'm something. I'm not saying it's new. What I'm saying is that now there's not enough new ground to break. So and, oh, they can't and, push and, the envelope, and, and it's and it's the BBC, so they won't push the envelope because that's Channel 4's job, isn't it? Um, so 
they got nothing left to say. So now we're just looking at the sad lives of of ordinary people, trying to make them look exciting by adding loads of dramatic storylines in, and there's only so much drama you can have. But isn't that so, all, isn't actually the, the sad reality of the society they've created? By by disregarding everything from the past and pushing the envelope because they could build the utopia and make the world better by pushing all these different agendas and that would make everything better. What they've actually done is created infinite sadness across the reality, across the across society. The promise was that all the promise was, as I keep on saying, was that get rid of God, get rid of the stupid old church, get rid of all these silly old rules, right? Yeah. And everyone will be happy and everything will be nice. Yeah. And just like EastEnders, they got rid of God, they, except when they want to go to church for a wedding. They got rid of God. They got rid of all the silly old rules. They all lived in this new, wonderful way. And they just made everybody miserable. Well, only Doc Cotton went to the church, so exactly. I don't know how the place survived. Well, exactly. Um, but but it's there on Christmas Day for a wedding, because it's a nice set. And it's there normally first week of January for the funeral as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. So really, then, what the story of EastEnders is, is, you know, um, if you live like that, you'll be, like, massively miserable. And it's the writers who kind of want us to live like that. Maybe. Interesting. Do you see what I mean? I thought it was just old and stale and rerunning. It is old and stale, and... but I think, I think secularism's old and stale. <laughs> I think the whole, all those ideas that they have are old and stale. I don't think they've. Um, my joke at the minute, which is when you look this up, is that um, all the people who say what we need to do is get rid of God, get rid of faith, and everything will be lovely are stuck in 1788. Yeah. Because, like, that's when they first said it, and it never works. No. You know. But there we are. So, what, what joys are we watching? I think if you were behind this. EastEnders business, right? I think you should watch the first two episodes of Attack on Titan. Which is well, the that most doesn't seem very awesome. Fair. It is the most awesome anime that, that doesn't that, seem very that's fair now, just does it? finished. Because I looked at this thing on Prime and I thought oh. that would be right up Howell's Street. Yeah, but I got Not up my street, but up your street. And I unselfishly picked a programme you might like. But Attack on Titan is awesome. It's brilliant. It is the best. I've got the sticker on my back. You know that thing with the leaf on it. It's. it's I, I watched it. They've concluded the season, the whole series uh, over Christmas. I watched it with my son. It's brilliant. It's like it is amazing. And it's got the uh, best theme. It on? It's on Netflix. Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing. Well, I'm going to watch that, but I'm not going to let you off the hook. With All right, I'll watch the other one afterwards. Then. Okay. No, so- we're going to have to watch some. Uh, Really dull. So what will like the, the next Harlan Coben I started last? Uh, okay. So what we'll finish? We'll finish with the Attack on Titan music. So Martin can do the playout of the Attack on Titan music. All right, go on then. <laughs> 